Hello everyone and welcome to the Connected Podcast. This is the place where we discuss people, ideas, marketing, technology and anything else that feels right. I'm Sasha Wusu, Senior Planner for the Ted Department at Mediacom. Hi there, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And our guest joining us today is Michelle Holmes. How are you, Michelle? I am well. How are you guys? Very good. good. Very good mm-hmm. to have the show today. Um, yeah. We finally got some sun back, so uh, yeah. we're in good spirits. We're, we're all complaining about it being too hot now, of course. Oh, come now. The sun makes everything brighter, literally and figuratively. <laughs> Michelle Holmes is managing partner for Mediacom US, where she's been working for the last four years. Michelle prides herself on being a proven digital marketing professional with agency and client side experience in numerous industries such as hospitality, travel and entertainment, pharmacy retail, and many more. Michelle is co-chair of the Global Belonging Council, playing a huge role in identifying culture and diversity, working to show how critical these are in our working life here at Mediacom. Uh, so welcome to the podcast. And um, I think it's only right to start by asking you, how's the last year been for you, um, not only on a work level, but also personally? I would say the, the last year for me has been transformative. Mm-hmm. Very intentional about using those words. Um, I think personally, we've ha- I've had an opportunity to, to be more thoughtful and meaningful about my connections um, with my family, mm-hmm. um, with my friends, with people who um, matter to me. And I would say from, from a professional perspective, the connection with my colleagues, I would say, has been much more um, deeper and humanized mm. than just the reliance on, you know, the professional things that we need to do in our day-to-day life. So transformative for me in that it has really allowed us to get to know one another um, on a more humanized level, which I personally, personally believe helps us to be higher performing individuals and teams. I think I think that's that really rings true for me. Um, so obviously you've said you've used the word transformative. It clearly has been a challenging year because it's been a challenging year for all of us. And I think you said today is, is your first day back in the office since February last year, which is amazing. Yeah. Um You've had to draw on huge amounts of resilience to go from difficult to transformative. What what would you point to uh, in your career in the past or even life experiences that have taught you the skills to to deliver that transformation? So I've I've had an opportunity to be thoughtful about this. Mm. I was fortunate enough that during literally at the inception of the pandemic, I was going through an executive coaching program, which was really helpful, believe it or not. Like the stars aligned and the time got better to help me, um, I would say, cope to some degree. The executive coach, yes, they're helping you with all things professional. But I would say during the pandemic, um, there was definitely an overlay of some of the personal challenges that I was um, undergoing. I also acknowledge that um, while we might be resil- you know, very resilient people, that I was also connecting with my, my personal therapist. Mm-hmm. I was self-aware enough to acknowledge 
as an extrovert, as a person who thrives off of human connections, that I could quickly settle into a a depression or, you know, a state in which I would not be able to be um, not only a high performer, but as a leader, we need to be able to have the care capacity to help our teams. And I knew during this time of a crisis, I like to call it, the pandemic, job loss, uncertainty, and just everything with the virus, that I would need to lean in and be available in a much deeper way that I wasn't mm-hmm. sure I had the capacity mm-hmm. to do. So I would say um, what I drew on was just really being honest and authentic about what I needed to do for my own well-being so that I could show up for myself, for my colleagues, for my family. That's really interesting. I spoke to a colleague um, the other day um, in the UK who was saying that he thinks that resilience comes from being kind to yourself which is which is an interesting way of putting it but that's kind of what you're what you're saying is is being forgiving of your own of your own journey yes um gives you the strength to be resilient for other people um yeah i I hadn't really that's that's really interesting It's, it's it's easy to forget about that i think yeah yeah and i like to say that i can't be my best self for other people if I'm not my best self for my own self, I know that's a lot of self yeah. in there. Yeah. No, 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 but it's, it's other people benefit when I am the best version of myself, when I'm my happiest self, my most fulfilled self. Right. And that just spills over into what I'm able to give and lend to others. It's definitely true of me. Anyone that seen me on a bad day would tell that, would tell me that about me. I haven't missed that. I haven't witnessed it. Oh, yeah. Not yet, but that's okay. We're all human and we all have grace. That's very true. Um, I want to move on to the theme of belonging. And we've done a number of uh, podcasts based on belonging. And as the co-chair of the Global Belonging Council, I think it's very important to sort of get your perspective as to uh, what exactly does belonging mean to you and how do we then implement that within the workplace? So belonging, when I think about belonging, it's really about making people feel welcomed, wanted, and respected, right? And those are really three things that seem simple in isolation, but when you think about them um, together, it's sometimes hard, right, for it to land with people. So belonging is all about how do we create a culture where everybody, regardless of your backgrounds, your experiences, your age, your culture, all of the physical and internal things that we cannot see about you, um, give you this sense that you have connected to the right place. And we welcome you right, with open arms, like the true sense of the word welcome. We want you, we desire to have you in our agency as part of our family, as our colleague, and we respect you for the talent you have, the perspectives, um, the expertise. And we know as an agency we could not thrive without that, right? 
So that's what belonging means to me, to the degree that we can make people feel welcome, wanted, and respected. I think we start to create a culture where people feel belong, like they belong. Uh, and I, I, I must say I've really enjoyed being on the GBC with you. We've got um, a lot of work to do, but we're clear, aren't we? And, um, Likewise. Passionate. Yeah. We are a passionate bunch. We have a lot to do, but I would say more than anything, it's been so um, educational, mm-hmm. enriching, right? Mm-hmm. Have so many people um, from so many different countries and cultures. When you think you, you have a grasp on it, because I like to say I'm a global citizen, and then you speak to Yaron, our CEO in Russia, or you speak to our colleague Brian in South Africa, or we start to have conversation around what belonging means when you think of the um, the uh, Emirates, right, or Israel or Latin America. It really opens your eyes to just how vast our culture is, our company is in all of the challenges, but also the opportunities and the bright spots that we have to grapple with. So I would say it's been educational, illuminating, and illuminating to your point, Sue, in that there is so much work to be done, but also that we there there has been a lot of work that we have done, right? There has been progress made that may not have felt organized globally, but as you start to tap into the different um, offices, there's some who have just like leaps and bounds ahead. So we, we are building, I would say. And there's, there's, some, there's some great work that's been done and there's more to come. Um, what do you hope just generally to achieve by the end of this year, 2021? So... I am hopeful that we can achieve, you know, a few things. Nick Lawson set out 10 bold points for us to do. And as an ambitious group we have, we thought, let's tackle all 10 of them, right, and make impact and move quickly. But I think um, what we were up against is everybody being grounded at home. And I'm still very um, optimistic about the progress we make. So for 2021, I'm hoping that we can do two, three things, quite frankly. The first one is really help our people feel that sense of belonging by implementing um, some programs that our people can say they are part of. So we talk about uh, we have formed and I think we're very close to launching a buddy system and a mentor system that everybody globally can participate in. So moving out of the office and really thinking about from a global perspective, how do we start to match people um, so that, again, they feel like they belong. They have an informal network that they start to create and they have someone who can help them navigate a really large organization. The second thing I'd like for us to get done is really be impactful in the communities in which we serve. I think, um, at different offices, we are doing a lot, um, but we want to make that more organized and global in scale so that when you look at the agency, we are really demonstrating to ourselves and to our, and to our industry and to our communities that we are invested 
right? Because we serve those communities. We come from those communities. We need talent from those communities. So we are really, I'm excited about the volunteerism program where we get to lend our talents, our expertise, our time, and make an impact not just on those communities, but if you think about it, it also makes an impact on our organization because a lot of us are from those organizations. So it's not just, I mean, those communities. It's not just us giving back to them, but it's also saying, hey, guys, we, you are a part of us, and so there is a mutual beneficial into having um, a volunteerism program like that. And then the third one I, I'm, I'm really excited about because there's a tremendous amount of support for how we hold ourselves as leaders accountable um, for ensuring that we have an organization that is really intentional about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that the fabric, like the DNA of our agency from entry level to leadership is really reflective of those people. So I am hopeful that we can align on and establish some transparency, and some targets around um, diversity, equity, inclusion, and what that looks like from a recruitment perspective, from a retention perspective, from a promotion perspective, et cetera. So those are the three things that I am hoping we get accomplished this year. I think there are three amazing objectives. I really love the last one with regards to recruitment and especially retention. Um, within the workplace. Um, I think that's essential across the board. So moving on to our, our personal questions, um, I would like to ask, or I'd like to kick things off by asking, <laughs> what's your favourite line from a poem, song or a book? My favourite line? Wow, this is, this is an, I am... I used to have this in my uh, signature. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull it up here because it served me well, I would say, for almost a decade. I'm a very, um, I'm a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. I love the universe and the, the energy of life and the water. I'm going to read it to you. Perfect. And... Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. One of my favorite quotes. I love that. And if you think like more deeply, Mm -hmm. it's really like not taking for granted, especially during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. every breath, right? Because we've lost, there's been just tremendous loss across the world. And it just makes you really appreciate every single moment but you have to be present that you have in this life i love that okay michelle if you were a genie what five commonly available objects would i have to put in a magic circle to summon you they have to be commonly available and you're not allowed your phone because i've just decided everybody always says their phone you're not allowed so five things you have to have water okay I I am a Pisces and I get energy from the water. Truly, um, you would have to have. So sorry, is that water to drink or water to swim in or? Good point. Interesting. Just water because I need it to drink. <laughs> to look at. Okay. Uh, to live right to sustain me. Okay. 
Water, I would say um, a book. I would say... Wait, do you want to get more specific? Is there a genre of book you like? I mean, it has to be easily available, but could... Or do you want us to surprise you with something that you haven't read before? Or <laughs> I love spy books. Okay, cool. And I also love um, biographies. You'd also, so I, I've named two things, right? Water and books. And a book. And we'll just get you the latest interesting biography or spy book. That's cool. We can do that. Um, I, you'd have to have in there my son's blanket. Well, that's a specific thing. Yeah, well. Uh, we can get you a blanket, but I don't think that would work. So it's, it's going to be commonly available. That's okay. You can get me a stone or a crystal. It's okay, a, nice, a lovely crystal. Cool. Favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is tough. I know we're tough. We're, we're strict this as well. Tough. Any any favorite foods or, you know, guilty pleasures? Yes. You would have to get me Mexican food. Okay. Mm. Good That's quality Mexican food. Cool. Love Mexican food. One last thing. Can I put a person in the bag? <laughs> no people? That's fine. I would like a plant. Okay. Mm. Oh, any particular? I love calla lilies. Fantastic. Brilliant. That's a lovely set of things. Love the, love the fire. Uh, what is your single best skill? You guys are really tough. <laughs> My single best skill. I think, well, I know that I am really good at connecting people. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's a good skill. What would you practice more if you had the time and the space? I would practice more meditation mm-hmm. if I had the time and space. And it's good to find the time and space for that. In fact. I do. Okay. This ties in nicely to the next question. Where in the world, real or fiction, would you like to live and why? I have actually thought about this. Mm-hmm. In real life, I may I have more than one place. Well, or, give us your short list and then we might push you. So. My short list. I would love... To live in Thailand, oh. I would, or Costa Rica, mm-hmm. or Israel. Because? So I would love to live in Israel because I'm from there, and I I love it. I mm. just think right it's now it's, it's small. Mm. But I love it, and mm. probably when I retire, maybe I'll go back there. Mm. Thailand, I love Thailand because... Whenever I go to Thailand, I feel so um, spiritually connected. Spiritually at home. It could be the mountains, the water, Mm -hmm. like the nature. I love it. And um, Costa Rica gives me a similar sense. But also you just, I feel like you have nature on steroids plus rain plus wild animals i have to say i would love to go on a road trip to those three places with you michelle truly (laughs) 
on a road trip with me and I'm so open about my travels. I, I when people say they're traveling, I'm like, I'll come or you can come. <laughs> so if I had to push you for one place for right now, where you pick? Thailand. Okay, and now the question you cannot prepare for, which is from um a box of cards that we bought from uh the School of Life. So I'm I've just pulled out three cards at random. I'm holding them up. A, B or C. What's the best evening you've ever had? Wow. The best evening I've ever had? Don't leave out any details. (laughs) Out details? Don't leave out any details. All the details. The best evening I've ever, I've, I've had many. One of the best evenings I've had recently is, um, I was in Mexico during spring break with my son, who is six, and he said to me, Mom, we must hurry and get back to the beach before the sun sets. And the reason that was the best evening of my life is because you had the sunset, you had the ocean, and you had the six-year-old finally present and aware enough to appreciate those things and to ask about it very intentionally. So we did that together. And what made it, we stayed longer than we anticipated, ended up having dinner on the beach and this was the six-year-old until the moon came out. And then we had a, another uh, very delightful moment when he said, mom, turn around and you had the sun setting and the moon at the same time. And he got so excited about that that he started dancing, and I captured the moment of him dancing to having both of these things, you know, happen to him at once. So just to be there and experience it. I mean, you do so much for your children, and some of it seems so cerebral and analytical, Mm. and everything you do is for them, but the fact that he was present to stop and that is what he enjoyed in that moment, um, brought me tremendous internal joy, unspeakable joy, quite frankly. That's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful answer. What a note to end on. I think we would all love to be there. Come. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't go anywhere. But still. Sunsets are one of my favourite things. <laughs> we can all appreciate a sunset, actually, can't we? That's true. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um and we hope to have you soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so thrilled and honored that you thought me enough of me to invite and I appreciate it. The more the more Mediacom hears from Michelle Holmes, the better the better the Mediacom world is. You're so kind. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.